Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to The Parenthood, the podcast that discusses all things parenting. This series, we've been talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly, all the issues that women don't talk about, but are still desperate for answers to. This week, we're talking pelvic floor, and we're lucky to have a real expert on this matter, Camilla Lawrence. She's a women's health physio and mother herself. So, Millie, this podcast was inspired by a weekend I spent with a friend who just installed one of those trampolines, you know, that were dug into the ground. Um, And after a couple of glasses of wine, she admitted to me that in a fit of excitement, when it was first installed, she raced on, started jumping, and very quickly realized that her jumping days were over. Um, I think we are famous at the bump class for doing mystifying the uh, parenthood's great taboos and this is a real biggie how many women have ongoing pelvic floor issues it's quite common isn't yeah, it it is common it is a biggie um and it's often more than we think because we don't tend to talk about these issues very much i think our generation is getting better at this um but there it's not hugely reported um so at the moment we think about 30 percent of women have ongoing urinary incontinence postnatally um but it could be higher than that um and along with that about five percent have problems with fecal incontinence and up to 50% have problems with prolapse. Um, uh, These seem like shocking statistics, Um, but we know that most of them are related to problems or weakness in the pelvic floor muscles. And the good news is, is that you can do something about can, it. So absolutely. although we've got off to a really depressing start, <laughs> we're hopefully going to give you a solution. Yeah. <laughs> so whilst these problems are common postnatally, um, and uh, you know, it's something definitely that we want to try and encourage women not to hide away with, um, they are not normal. They're never normal. It's never normal to have urinary incontinence or fecal incontinence. Um, and so um, there is absolutely loads that can be done to sort it out. Um, and probably the first port of call definitely the first port of call is trying to get your pelvic floor functioning well um nice guidelines in this country say that it is the first line treatment for any incontinence okay so let's let's we're going to talk about sort of different things to do at different stages so if you're listening to this thinking oh i really do need advice for this no matter how old you are what stage you are hopefully we'll cover um where you're at but we'll start with if you're listening to this with a new baby um what what can you do to stop this happening 
Um, best thing is to get going on your pelvic floor exercises as soon as you can. Um, so those are the exercises that uh, strengthen up the pelvic floor muscles which sit underneath you um, and control your bladder and bowels um, and also support all the organs sitting above them. So fairly important muscles. And these are often weakened with pregnancy, actually often sort of more pregnancy, um, but also childbirth. Absolutely. And regardless of whether you've had a vaginal delivery, even if you've had a cesarean section, you still need to be strengthening these muscles. You absolutely can. And you know what? Interestingly, there's quite a lot of women who will get through pregnancy and postnatal period without any symptoms, but still have some weakness in their pelvic floor. And unfortunately, as life goes on and we put more strain through our pelvic floor muscles as we get older, and unfortunately, as muscles generally don't tend to get stronger as we get older, um, and particularly for women as they go through the menopause where there's a big hormonal change, women then start to notice problems further down the line. So just because you're not symptomatic postnatally, um, it's still worth really working on these exercises and these muscles. And yeah. pelvic floor exercises are really easy to do. We've They're actually done a done a whole podcast on um, pelvic floor exercises. Yes. We, we do describe them in a bit more detail. So if you're sort of wondering what they are, look for our um, our pelvic floor um, podcast, which is which is available. Um, but um, you kind of want to start doing them as soon as possible and incorporate them into your day. And even if you've sort of then stopped that you don't have any sort of leaking, you should continue to use them, shouldn't you? You yes. should continue to, to do your exercises. Yeah. I mean, as women, um, we would recommend that you carry on with pelvic floor exercises for life. It might not be that you do them quite as intensively as we would recommend postnatally. So maybe up to sort of three to six times a day postnatally to really get those muscles working well again. Um, Once you've got them strong and you're not symptomatic, then you might be able to drop them down to once a day um, just as a maintenance program. It's a bit like brushing your teeth. Don't wait to leave your teeth fall out before you start brushing them the same with your pelvic floor so you know doing your set of exercises once a day should be something that actually most women do for and for actually their life. brushing your teeth is a great opportunity to do it them is. because that it's takes two minutes time to Basis. do them you're standing up it's a good challenge for your pelvic floor and it takes about the same amount of time so yeah, yeah. and it's something you do regularly yeah. twice a day um are there any devices that can help i've noticed there's certainly a few sort of on the market mm. are these but, essentials or yeah that's a good question there are a lot of devices or gadgets out there for the pelvic floor um there are some which um, are known as sort of biofeedback devices which help you recognize how strongly um, and how well you're contracting your pelvic floor muscles they give you a little indicator of how strongly you're squeezing Um, and there are muscle stimulation devices which are particularly useful for when you've got an exceptionally weak pelvic floor where actually um, you use a probe and a little um, amount of energy or electricity is provided to the muscles and it helps them contract Um, quite frankly um, most women do not require these devices they don't add a huge amount um, sometimes they can be helpful from a motivational point of view but you've got to set time aside to go and sit down in a room for 20 minutes and use them without anyone else being around unlike with your pelvic floor exercises when you can do them up and around wherever you are um, you and the devices and put something oh, into your exactly. vagina and, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so plus the on fact the that they are <laughs> <laughs> they're expensive most of them are not cheap um you know in the region of 100 pounds plus so um i would normally suggest that you don't it's not a starting place for doing pelvic floor or getting your pelvic floor stronger um if you go and see a good women's health physio they'll be able to assess your pelvic floor muscles and tell you what strength that you're at and therefore whether you might be it might be useful to use one of these devices alongside but routinely i wouldn't say they are needed 
Okay, perfect. And what about if you're listening with slightly older children? And what if this has been an issue for a, for a few years? Is it sort of too late by then? Have your pelvic floor muscles weakened forever? And there's no, you know, tenor lady pants are beckoning. <laughs> oh, God, the dreaded tenor lady. Um, absolutely not. No, it's never, never too late to get these muscles strong again. Um, it's just like you can go to the gym at any age um, and get yourself fit and healthy. And um, that's the joyful thing about muscles is that it doesn't matter how weak they are, you can get them strong again, you just need to put the effort in and the um uh, and the work in um I've got plenty of women actually on my books um uh, who I'm seeing in clinic um for pelvic floor retraining who are in their 50s 60s 70s and even 80s so definitely never too late so my next question was going to be what if you're a grandmother yes. listening to this thinking why did no one tell me about this yeah. same thing yeah. they can yeah. they can be seen. I mean luckily most women nowadays when they go through pregnancy and, and the postnatal period pelvic floor exercises are sort of discussed at length and lots at lots of different opportunities but I think our mother's generation their parents generation certainly it wasn't discussed in the same amount of detail um, or given the same amount of importance. Um, uh, but that's actually not the end of the world because you certainly can sort these things out. And as I was mentioning before, you know, a lot of women get through the postnatal period and actually fine, but really start to develop problems around the menopause. And that's common again, but not normal. It is not a normal symptom of menopause and it's totally treatable. Just even get... even post-menopause Absolutely, yep. So yeah, even into your 80s, yeah. So actually trampolines should be open to all to have a <laughs> gleeful bounce. Trampolining on. might not be the best exercise for pelvic floor um, because it is it does cause a lot of strain on those muscles. But I've got women back to a position where they can get on a trampoline with their children and not leak and feel confident. So yes, it's not. And if you're someone who has been doing then the pelvic floor exercises but not noticing any improvement, that's the time to seek specialist yeah, advice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd normally recommend if you're getting um, some symptoms, i.e. some leaking from um, your bladder, even if it's small amounts when you're coughing and sneezing or if you're trying to get to the limb and not quite making it there on time and you've got quite a lot of urgency associated with it, um, you know, or if you're worried that you've got a prolapse or you're struggling with um, emptying your bowels properly or any pain in that area, Go and see someone. Go and see a good women's health physiotherapist. This is absolutely what we treat all day, every day. Um, and um, and we'll be able to do a really thorough assessment and tell you exactly what's going on, what's causing it. If you need to be referred on to a gynecologist, we can also do that. Um, but it just means that you get a really good understanding of where you're at. Okay. I think, you know, for me, the big thing about this topic is sort of mystification. Mm -hmm. There's so many myths and uh, rubbish around it. So I thought it would be quite interesting to play a little game here called Pelvic Floor, True or False. Love it. I think it's going to really catch on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I've been Googling a few things. Okay, if you do pelvic floor exercise in your pregnancy, you're more likely to tear because your vagina is so tight that your baby won't fit out. True or false, Millie? I'm glad you brought this one up because actually I've heard this before and it, it's it's not helpful advice. Um, it is false, definitely false. There is absolutely no research to show that, that when you do pelvic floor exercises, you're going to have a more complicated delivery or a higher risk of tearing. In fact, there's research to prove the other the other otherwise. Um, when you're doing your pelvic floor exercises, what you're not trying to do is increase um, the tension in that area. You are not trying to make your vagina tighter. Um, what we are doing is contracting the muscles 
and letting them go again afterwards. So if you took an equivalent and went to the gym for the next 10 weeks and strengthened your biceps up, you wouldn't expect at the end of 10 weeks for your biceps to be fully contracted and you not be able to move your elbow or your arm. It's the same kind of thing with your pelvic floor. So when you're trying to strengthen up these muscles with these exercises, the idea is that we're trying to get the muscle to produce more power when it does squeeze, the more you do those exercises. you're not trying to make it tighter, okay? So your pelvic floor, by the time you've done exercises for months, should still be able to be fully relaxed as well as produce a good amount of power when you do go to contract it. I think a sort of collective sigh of relief will be <laughs> would have been sighed. Because I, I do hear this a lot. It's amazing, even though you're so unequivocal that it's false, how many people believe it to be true. I should mention alongside that, that there are some women, not as common, but there are some women who struggle with what we call an overactive pelvic floor or, or, or tightness in their pelvic floor, um, which is generally not caused by doing lots of pelvic floor exercises, but from other things in life. And that can often cause things like pain during sex um, or difficulty when you go for smear tests, etc. If you're worried that you've got an overactive pelvic floor or tension in your pelvic floor, pelvic floor exercises might not be the best thing for you to be doing. But go and see a good women's health physio and they'll be able to assess you either way and tell you, again, the resting tone, the strength in your pelvic floor, where you're at and what you should be doing. Okay, I I think we've sort of already addressed this next one. But um, if I've had a cesarean section, I don't need to worry about pelvic floor exercises. Absolutely false. <laughs> the nine months of a baby sitting on top of your of your pelvic floor are going to be a weakening factor before you start. Um, and they're such an important muscle for stabilizing that whole area. So you know, eat, as I said before, regardless of whether you're getting any um, incontinent symptoms postnatally, it's really worth strengthening these muscles up. And age too yes. weakens these muscles. Absolutely. I read somewhere saying that by the time age you're 50, regardless of whether or not you have had children, your pelvic floor will be significantly weaker if you haven't done pelvic floor. Yes exercises so actually just life is unfortunately you know they take quite a lot of a hammering through our lifetime you know every time you have a constipation episode and you feel like you're straining to empty your bowels that's not going to be helping your pelvic floor if anything it could be weakening it if you do a job or an activity on a daily basis where that involves a lot of lifting and carrying I'm talking about heavy lifting that's going to put more strain on your pelvic floor if you're someone who has repeated chest infection and is coughing and sneezing a lot again that's a huge strain on your pelvic floor we know that women who have fibroids they carry more weight around on their pelvic floor with those so there's lots of different other factors that might be weakening those muscles as you go through life not just labor um, and pregnancy okay and the next one is if you're experiencing lower back pain pelvic floor exercises can help is this true yeah it's interesting it can help it's not going to be the be all and end all you know i wouldn't suggest that every person who has back pain should only be doing pelvic floor exercises um but we do know that there is a massive link between these two um research has shown that up to about 20 percent of women with back pain also have a problem with their pelvic floor so it's not unusual um and actually a lot of women who come to see me um particularly postnatally um you know i'll be treating them for their back and we'll check their pelvic floor and realize that there's actually a major weakness there and address that at the same time yeah okay um how about this one pelvic floor exercises improve your sex life true this or false true yes absolutely true um they, um, they can. Women who have a good functioning pelvic floor often report much better sexual arousal, sensation and ability to orgasm. And actually, that's the same for men. 
so what, yes. really yes. so actually that was on my list too men don't need to worry about this because they don't have a pelvic floor uh, is this true this or false? is false this is false so men certainly do have a pelvic floor they have a pelvic floor in exactly the same area that women do so it goes from their pubic bone all the way around underneath between their legs round to their coccyx bone I guess men are slightly luckier in some ways with their pelvic floor they've only got two holes going through it rather than three don't have a vagina um, and they don't obviously try to push a baby out of their pelvic floor so there's or, or carry one around or in carry their one on top of it yes <laughs> for nine months so um so less likely to have um weakness in their pelvic floor but women uh, men can have problems with their pelvic floor as they go through lifetime as well um uh, certain men report pain in their pelvic floor uh, often from overactivity in those muscles um and um post prostatectomy operations can often result in problems with weakness in the pelvic floor for men okay so they're not that's, immune that's really interesting uh, how about um this is when we were instagrammed uh, pelvic floor exercise takes a long time and is a real commitment um it is a commitment and it and getting your pelvic floor strong from being in a weak state does not happen overnight um and actually it's worth thinking about that because i think some women think oh if i do my pelvic floor exercises for a few days this is all going to go away um we know that if you're trying to strengthen up any muscle in the body it take from a, a weak point um it's going to take about three to four months and actually you can still see improvements beyond that point so it's not a totally quick fix but there are no side effects to doing these exercises it's not like taking a pill where you just don't know how you're going to feel on it so it's an easy thing to do but it is going to take a little while and you are going to need to stick at it um, so you know doing the exercises every once in a while isn't going to strengthen up if you if you want to strengthen up properly you need to be doing it three times a day um, uh, and for at least three to four months to really, really make a big difference. But a lot of women notice big differences in their symptoms, even in the first few weeks. Yeah, no, we had a girl who did the bump class who who wrote to me and she said that uh, she didn't think about her pelvic floor muscles because there was so much else to think about when her baby was born. Mm. And then suddenly she had an episode where there was a bit of uh, incontinence. She thought, well, I really do need to do this. And she said it was amazing because actually with, you know, by a week after a week of yes. doing her pelvic floor exercises religiously, she said actually she noticed a huge difference. And that didn't mean that she could then and stop doing them yeah but she said actually it was so amazing to see how quickly she could yes. feel the benefits of these yes. really simple exercises yeah. yeah that's absolutely true um uh how about you can kiss goodbye to continents after having a baby false <laughs> oh ban the tenor pants um <laughs> the risk of incontinence post delivery is not uncommon and um, we've discussed that um but it's never normal and um there's loads of treatment options for this um so definitely try and obviously the first line of treatment as we've discussed is pelvic floor exercises but if that's not working there's lots of things beyond that as well including medication surgery options um but th this is not something that women should ever think is normal or put up with for the rest of their lives it's completely treatable um, and if anyone tells you otherwise, send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one actually that just came in. Um, we should be having cesarean sections because a vaginal delivery means that we'll probably become incontinent. Oh, that's a sad thing to think about. Um, we know that pelvic floor muscle, uh, sorry, cesarean sections are protective for your pelvic floor. Um, obviously, you're not going to have a vaginal tear if you are a perineal tear if you have a C-section delivery um, and those muscles are not going to stretch as much. But, you know, C-sections are 
not simple operations in themselves. Um, it's a major abdominal surgery. Um, and so, it, you know, they're difficult choices for women um, during pregnancy for, with regards to labor outcomes. But in this country, we absolutely believe that still vaginal delivery, uh, you know, as long as you're having a nice, healthy pregnancy and baby's well, um, is the best option for most women. Yeah, I mean, it's that sort of weighing up the risks and the benefits because there are a huge yeah. amount of other risks associated with the cesarean that exactly. aren't related to um, a vaginal delivery. Exactly. I guess you see on the sort of people on the sort of daily basis, um, you know, how often is it that someone comes to you with, you know, problematic incontinence post vaginal delivery and it can't be fixed at all? It's, it is, it's not it's not common um as in most women who come see with us with incontinence you know we will we will it will be resolved um or 90 percent there um we know from research at the moment for example stress incontinence can 70 percent of cases of stress incontinence can be completely cured with pelvic floor exercises so it, it it's got a really high success rate um but as i said before there's loads of treatment beyond that if if it's not working um so it's not something that you know if you're finding the pelvic floor work is not beneficial to you um that you can't be referred on for yeah, and it's not something that you should make you choose to have a, a cesarean absolutely not yeah 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 it's not the main reason and finally uh this podcast won't get many downloads because not very many women are affected Oh, <laughs> hopefully you understand that by now. Um, I think just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean there's not thousands of women out there who are affected by it all. Um, you know, I think we are getting better at talking about these problems. And, um, you know, I think the most important thing is that um, the positive messages is mainly treatable um, and it's not something that you should be putting up with. And like with so many problems in life, they don't get better if you keep quiet about they them. certainly don't, no. Hopefully with this podcast, we're sort of slightly trying to break the taboo. I hope you found this interesting and helpful. We do try our best to talk about subjects that plenty of people think about, but not many people talk about, so that you can make the right decisions for you. I do think a generation of women accepted incontinence is an inevitable consequence of having a baby, which is just ridiculous, especially... Mm especially if it can be resolved with simple exercises. Um, so please do subscribe to The Parenthood. We cover all sorts of other issues that you might be wondering about. Um, if you subscribe, it means you never miss an episode. And please also do tell your friends about this podcast. Remember too to follow us on Instagram. We're at theparent.hood. On there, we've got lots of tips and advice. Um, and also there's the chance to give us suggestions for future podcasts. Millie, thank you very much for joining us today. Lovely to be here. And thank you all for listening. 